All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best? You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast. Hello, welcome to your podcast. This is Gary Schaller. I'm Ken Mills. I'm Matt Porter. And I'm Cassius Morris. And we are here with the 2012 Podcast Tour Edition Special. The tour is underway. You know what tour I'm talking about, don't you? The tour. The tour. Motley Crue and Kiss now sweeping the nation, uh, causing a sensation. And we've seen the stage, we've heard the set lists, and we're going to talk all about that. But first, to kick us off, here is a brand new live version of Hell or Hallelujah. Give this a listen. Ow!
Gentlemen, what do you think about this song? I think it's pretty good. The one problem I'm having with it, as weird as this is going to sound, I'm missing the rest of the album. This is the first time that I've ever like really had just a single. You know what I'm saying? Isn't it strange? It's it's kind of an odd place to be as a Kiss fan because I'm used to like there being ten to to twelve tracks, you know, that are ready to deal with, as opposed to just one. It's like uh, you know you can only put it on repeat so many times, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, they have you know they haven't really released a single like this that I could think of before, or at least for a long time. You know, they had uh, Modern Day Delilah as this streaming thing on the website, but it wasn't like you could buy it like a single. I don't right. remember what they did with Unholy. I don't think that that was released as a single that you could that the public could buy. I mean, I remember the video was on MTV, and and then there were like the the radio versions, like to radio stations somewhere. Someone's listening, probably uh, you know Julian, who knows this stuff really well, is saying, "No, no, dudes, this was you know, it ain't this way, it's that way." Right. But I don't I don't remember being able to buy a Kiss single prior to the album coming out. At least so. this this far in advance. No, and absolutely not. But I love it. I mean, I, I love the song. It's it's got a real kick to it, and it grows on me. I like it more every time I hear it. Smoking guitar solo and great Matt, bass playing. Matt, what do you think? You know, I really like it. I I agree though. I think it's odd that it's out so early. I think you know it runs the risk of really us kind of getting sick of it. The uh, I think it sounds like a classic to me in the era of you know Animalize Asylum. It's that fast kind of gritty. There's definitely that Zeppelin kind of hook in the in the guitar solo. It's I really like it. I think that uh, it definitely feels like you know a, a very classic Kiss song. You know, see, I think of it as like you know it's like the you know, hey girl, you couldn't make it work, so goodbye to you. I really, I really think Keller Hallelujah is about the former bandmates. You know, I'm gonna say that I actually thought that when I saw the video, and I asked, you know, because there's those two lines that are over the tops of Ace and Peter, and I asked Keith LaRue that. He said Universal made the clip; they never even saw it before yeah. it went up. No, I, I don't, don't think know. it's about the other band members. Yeah, All I don't because. Right. Because I could see where you could make there, it that. But there's stuff in there about, you know, like, it's, it's, it sounds like it's about a chick, you know, I rode the highway to heartache. That reporter kid. I think it's definitely a great track. I was surprised that Paul sounded so good on it. Um, you know, obviously he's in the studio, so it was different, but I, yeah, I really love the track. Yeah, he's, he's wailing on that. It's great, great vocal. Yeah. All around, really solid song. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. And, you know, they managed to make it heavy and, and, and modern sounding without losing that kind of kiss guitar tone. That's uh, so near and dear to our hearts, I think. Right. On the other hand, it's going to sound really strange, okay? Especially since we've had albums as diverse as Unmasked and The Elder and, you know, War Machine and other various tracks and permutations of the, the band's sound. There's parts that it almost doesn't sound like I'm listening to this. Like, uh, it, it's not that it's that far removed or anything. It's just kind of different, and that's one of the things I like about it. I think I'm going to actually say it, it might be a little bit of the influence of Tommy and Eric. Maybe, and I'll tell you, I, I hear that too. We haven't really had that happen since Carnival of Souls, and I know that that makes some people roll their eyes. I actually love that record. But I know what you mean where you're listening to it and you're going, you know, as soon as they stop singing, it doesn't necessarily sound like it has to be a Kiss song. But that's kind of in line with what Paul's been saying in, in some interviews where he says, with Sonic Boom, we set out to make it a great Kiss record which I think they did, with Monster, they wanted to make a great classic rock album. And so you close your eyes, or you, you, when, when the vocals stop, it, it could be like a Judas Priest song or a Led Zeppelin song, and I don't, I don't mind. Or maybe bits of ACDC. It's kind of like classic rock put in a blender right? via right. kiss. Yeah, yeah, and they, they do that. I mean, nobody does pop music and integrates it into their sound 
I think, as well as Kiss do. And that makes sense. I mean, it would it makes sense not to want to be stuck in that box of Kiss when they're ro- overall they're a rock and roll band. I mean, they can do really whatever they want. Right. Very true. Very true. And, and we got the live debut of this song in London, right at the HMV Forum, Fourth of July. They did a special charity event, uh, a concert to help. Uh, it's not Wounded Warriors. I don't remember what the name of the charity is in England, but it's like the equivalent of what we have here, Wounded Warriors. It's to help veterans and troops get medical attention, much deserved, much needed. Great charity. And we've got actually a a very cool podcast exclusive, someone we know overseas who went to that show, and we're going to hear from him about how it was. Mr. Darren Wood from the UK, he was at the Help for Heroes show, and he was at the premiere of Hell or Hallelujah, as as you're saying. So let's listen to his input. Hey everyone in Podcast Land, this is Dan Rudd from England, flying a review over to you in the States of the show of the decade. Nah, scratch that. Not show of a decade, the gig of a lifetime. Oh yeah, let me hear you say yeah. Kiss at the H&B Forum, Kentish Town, London. The anticipation for this show was immense. The news had been leaked on the internet almost two months before. We were waiting, waiting, waiting for confirmation, ticket details, the usual. Were we going to be looking? Finally, the day of reckoning came, the tickets were on sale. It was a total mess, the usual website, ticket, blah, blah, blah. Were we going to be lucky? Well, we entered the raffle, and were we lucky? Well, I guess so, I'm sending you a review. Now, being as this was going to be the gig of a lifetime, particularly my kiss lifetime, it was time for total fandom. Yes, it was time for the war paint. So, decked out at Mr. Stanley, dressed to kill cover era, of course, me and my lady headed to the gig, all decked out and we were ready to get our asses rocked off. We then arrived at the venue and it was total chaos. Lines around the block, etc, etc, the usual chaos and the tension was mounting. How to relieve tension? Not the way you're thinking right now. That's right, the old English custom, there was a pub right next door. And let's face it, it would have been rude not to stop in for a little sneaky red wine. Of course with a straw, because if I'd have drunk it out of the glass, our poor standard lipstick would have ended looking more like the Joker from Batman. Then, after we drank our drink, slightly more relaxed, we headed back to the venue to join the queue. Then all of a sudden we noticed an all too familiar sign, a silver Mercedes Transporter. It seemed like seconds after we'd seen the Transporter, all of a sudden the rails that were forming the queue were splitting two, blocking the queue either side. Once the rails were in position, guess what happened? Yeah, only Eric, Tommy, Paul and Jean walked out right in front of us, literally one foot away. Talk about right place, right time. There was little confusion when they came out with the crowd, but as soon as the crowd saw them, the place went wild. Then the band disappeared without a second's notice, I'm sure with a smile on the face. Yes, they'd given us a secret little treat before the gigs of a lifetime. The appearance was over in seconds, and without another second's hesitation, we had our tickets and we went into the venue. Once we were in the venue, we saw the all too familiar front cloth with the logo on the front of it. After we saw this, the size of the venue really sunk home because the logo itself covered the whole stage. Now we've seen this, the goose was beginning to rise. We had to get to the front. And did we? Yes, slightly to the side, poor Stanley's side, but it was a good place to be. And then the all too familiar Led Zeppelin tune came over the PA. The anticipation was building. After months of waiting, we were going to see them. 
Zeppelin Tomb faded out, the lights went down. You wanted the best, you got the best. The hottest band in the world. Hit. The place erupted and the band tore into Detour Rock City and let me tell you, the party began. After seeing the band many times, I'd never heard so few people sound so loud, all singing along with the solo to Detroit Rock City. It was a magical night. Then next, I went into Hell or Hallelujah. Really, the first time ever, we barely had time to get used to the song in the first place, let alone a live version. It was a total surprise, certainly to me and the rest of the crowd, although the people in the soundcheck knew they were going to play it because they'd rehearsed it four separate times in the soundcheck. I gotta say, I love that song and I'm really looking forward to the album. Anyway, next they went on to do, then shouted out loud, then we were hit around the head like a rocket, because what did they play? Only Making Love. They hadn't played this for years in the UK, I couldn't believe it. I went mad and 2,099 people went mad as well. After Making Love, it was the usual sing-along of I Love It Loud. Then we had Shot Me and the Tommy and Eric solo. Then we went into Calling Dr. Love. Not one of my favourite tunes, but live it really hits the spot. And when Paul Stanley asked who we're going to call, the crowd was deafening. Then after Calling Dr. Love, 100,000 years followed. It just seemed whenever Paul was asking the audience for a response, every time he asked, the crowd lifted their game each time, each time. And the crescendo hit when they did a sing-along version of Love Gun. I'm pretty sure we went through the whole song before they actually paid it all together. Awesome version. And then to finish it all off, Black Diamond. Then the band left and we were left waiting. They came back, hit the stage to cheers, crowd, going crazy, etc. Yeah, crazy, pretty apt. Because next was Crazy Nights. Crazy Nights was a huge hit here in the UK and got the, f the band far more fans than they'd had in many, many years previously. And now listening to it live, it takes on a different meaning. Especially when it says, we're a million strong. How can you not have a lump on your throat? God bless you. Great, great song. And then we hit into Lick It Up. What else can you say? Everybody loves it. Great song. Once again in England, very, very popular record in England. It was perfect. And to end, what did we get? Oh yeah, rock and roll or not. I've never seen so much confetti. And you've got to believe me, after looking at the inside of Alive 2 for so many years, the crowd covered in confetti, oh yeah, we were going to be right in the middle, and we wanted to be covered in that confetti. And indeed, we must have about three carry bags full that we brought back with us. And that was the show. It was almost over before it began. And even now, sitting here doing this review, it just still doesn't seem real somehow. I suppose that's just a little bit of magic that they can drop whenever they feel like it. We were rocked. And we are humbled. I hope I'm trying to convey some of the excitement for the show. Because to see them in such a small place. It's not like America. We don't see them every year. You know, four or five years of time in between. You know, so to see them in a small venue. And everybody absolutely loving it. It was absolutely crazy. And as for some of the negative feedback nonsense that's been on the net. I just say get a grip. Look, facts. Kiss. Hottest band in the world. Small club. you got a total kiss show. Pyro, fire, of course it was going to be hot. I mean, come on, let's rock and roll. Let's get messy. It's a party, ain't it? And a party we're never going to forget. Thank you once again, Kiss. You came, you saw, you conquered. You are Kiss, and we are your army. Many thanks for that, and uh, 
very cool to think that we have some uh, podcast correspondence, as it were, that's all around the the globe. And and uh, I remember way way back a few years ago, we had that interview with um, gosh, what was her name? Nikki, the girl from Prague. Yes. Yeah, that was so cool. I mean, it was the first time I think it was the first time Kiss played there, or one of the first times Kiss played there, and it was her first Kiss concert, and that was a great experience having her on the show talking about what that means to her and to her country. So everybody listening, keep them coming. We really want that stuff on podcast. And it's really cool to think that there are people listening all around the globe. It's just fantastic. And, and, and as Gary said, we welcome, we love all of our fans. We love seeing you on the Facebook page, on the podcast Facebook page. We also want to do a quick shout-out to our homies in the podcasting arena. We have Mr. Cassius Morris. And Matthew Porter, who is from the Matt Room, Monco Radio. We got Chris Sinzak. <laughs> Am I doing that right, Matt? Or the Kiss Room. The Kiss Room, yes. <laughs> and uh, we also are welcoming some other guys uh, from the Kistry Science Theater. Uh, they're not here, but we'd like to get them on the show as well. And uh, a shout out to them. And basically, guys, uh, there's no excuse not to be listening to a great podcast about Kiss at least once a week at this point. And if you take into account Chris Sinzak, he does at least 19 a week. So but, You know what? I was going to say that. Um, I actually I loaded my iPod player with different episodes of the podcast and the DB Geeks when we were driving down to Virginia for the show. Mm-hmm. And that interview with Adam Mitchell, I thought that was fantastic. Some of the, yeah, insights, he did a great that he, job. the insights that they gave into just the personal side of Kiss and he, you know, obviously he had very exclusive kind of content. I thought that was fantastic. And, and the, the interview with Robert Fleischman, the same way. If you wanted to go inside with, you know, the studio with what's it like to be in there with Vinnie Vincent, that was a phenomenal interview. So, I mean, the DB Geeks, I mean, obviously what Chris and Aaron did with Kissmas in July, I thought was fantastic. And yeah. just from, like, just as a fan here, my point of view, to get that kind of content, you know, where they're talking literally about Vinnie sneaking up and trying to push the fade up on the guitars you know adam's talking about how he's going out hanging out with paul and they're double dating with girls it was fantastic content that you're just not going to find you know except for these podcasts that i think are just it's great well what hit me was him talking about like paul being a dad and how humble gene was that i mean most people would be shocked and it was just it was just really cool really cool absolutely Cassius, you are going to see Kiss where? Toronto. Toronto. Are you are you ready? Are you psyched? Uh, tell tell us what where, at what stage in the preparation are you? Preparation H, preparation I. <laughs> wow. I'm actually at stage Z. <laughs> stage Z. Nice. Nice. <laughs> well, actually, um, I'm probably not that prepared yet because I actually, as of now, don't have the tickets at the moment because I actually lost them and I'm waiting for the replacement ones to get here. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Here we go, yeah. How did that happen, dude? I have no idea. I honestly think that somebody in the family did something. I had put them securely in a, in a... There's this little compartment on top of the microwave. I put them there, and I knew nothing was going to happen. I went to check on them, and they were gone. Uh, can I come in? My my dog ate my tickets, dude. <laughs> you know what? Actually, his mother burned them because he was doing bad in school, and then he had to go fight with ah. jocks. Wait, that's Detroit Rock City. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Canadian version. We'll just say A. Well, it's like the it's like the Virgin Suicides. You ever see that movie? 
There's no. a movie. Oh, it's like a, it's a real intense movie. But there's a scene where the mom is burning the records, and like, and I think she throws hotter than hell into the fire. Oh. That's an apt. That, that's that is an apt one. If you're going to start a fire, I guess hotter than hell. Would Honestly, be. right? <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I think it's some dance too. It's like, no, mom, not kids. You know. <laughs> you guys probably know that I uh, finally got my record player, and I'm listening to some uh, Kiss vinyl. Nice. It's pretty great. Now you get to hear it the way we heard it. Fun. Uh, you guys excited about the uh, new album, of course, but what about the Destroyer edition that's coming out, the remix? Uh, I can't wait. Well, I, I'm not overly excited about it. I mean, I think it's going to be cool, but I'm I'm not, you know, uh, holding my breath for it. How come? I don't know. It just doesn't really interest me. I mean, just so, so just let me get this straight. Is there going to be, like, demos and stuff like that on there? Well... Not so much. I mean, what we're hearing is, and we heard two different things. First, we heard, I think, little clips and interviews and whatnot where people said, oh, it's going to be rarities and outtakes and demos and, and stuff from the studio that didn't make it to the record. And then what we heard... ticket and all right, all this And a back rub and a pair <laughs> yeah. of AA batteries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and now what we're hearing is um, that it's going to be the album, you know, dramatically remixed by Bob Ezrin with a lot of new stuff that you couldn't hear or things that he discovered that got lost in the shuffle. Plus one bonus track, which is uh, "Sweet Pain" with the original Ace Frehley guitar solo that got replaced by Bob Ezrin, which is cool. I really want to hear that, but apparently it's not uh, as much like the demos and, and bonus stuff as it could be. So I'm not really sure what is going to be on it, and I'm not really sure what isn't going to be on it. I'm very excited about it because that's I mean, that's a record that's so near and dear to my heart, and the opportunity to hear it, you know, sort of spruced up or for the first time again. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited about that. I think I'm going to go look up an old friend and have a good time with Mr. Ezrin and company. Well, you know what I remember? There was a thread on KISS FAQ not long ago about... Um, a great website, a great uh, yeah. message board, but a great information center for all things KISS. Definitely. And they had a discussion on there about what was your first... Uh, Kiss album that you got on CD and I think for me it was Destroyer and I remember hearing it on CD for the first time and going oh, I never heard that before, I never heard that before I never heard that before, so I think it's going to be like that. So now knowing about what it is, it's it makes me a little more excited. I thought it was just going to be another remaster a uh, basic remaster It's a remix. Bob Ezrin actually went back to the 16 track recording that they did, tried to pull out as much as he could to make it sound very modern. That's what I read. He he was talking about that. And I think that's what's exciting is it's going to be something to hear it. What would it sound like if they had recorded it, you know, new, but yet obviously it's the original performances. So I think the sound of it's going to be bigger. I mean, obviously most of the CDs really – Especially if you got your CDs back in the 80s. They were, you know, not that great transfers of the albums. Then you gotta go buy them all again on remaster. I'm just curious to hear what it's gonna sound like with that extra work. I, I really wish, obviously we all know there's tons of demos that are floating around that they should have included. I don't know if they're waiting for the deluxe, deluxe, deluxe remaster that's gonna be $4,000 and come in a, I, in I a 10 by 10 case. The, uh, <laughs> destroyer the rebinding. Well, they're, they're going to actually release it in a box the size of Detroit itself, and it will be $70,000 each, So, but it will have those demos. There right. you go. I, I, this is one of the problems with the information age, uh, with the, the computer, internet, typewriters, and all that, is that uh, people, people basically had this as a two-disc set with a book and 
all right. these demos and perhaps a DVD of this, that, and the other thing, and boy, it's going to be awesome. And then it's, oh, it, it's not all that stuff? Well, now I'm ripped off. I'm mad at Kiss. <laughs> right. Well, Kiss didn't announce that. Universal didn't announce it. Fans announced that. And just because you say it on your website, it does not make it so. <laughs> you know what's you know what's going to be great, he asks sarcastically? What's going to what? be great is when, and mark my words, okay, what's going to be great is when this version of Destroyer becomes the official sanctioned version. So, like, you know, moving forward from 2012, this is the one that they keep releasing when Destroyer comes out on CD and and DD and ED and PQ and whatever else, okay? And I'm fans for Will. And fans get upset. Right, they're going to say, like, I want the original. Oh, so like, this is like a Star Wars thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. exactly. Okay. Right. It's going to be Destroyer the Special Edition. I think Gene shot first. something, but it's okay. What's that? <laughs> I think you're smoking something. You don't think that's going to happen, huh? No. Really? No, I, I think you're right on the money. It's like the same thing with Star Wars. Is now there's so many different versions, and it's always the newest one that they re-release. You know, it's like uh, here it is with seventy thousand million more layers of special effects, and you go, well, but I like the one that I saw when I was, you know, uh, nine, and <laughs> that was fine then. The uh, Lovable Mop Tops re-released uh, the Let It Be album with uh, a raw, you know, uh, sound. Let to it, it be and, naked, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let it be naked, but it never replaced. The original. So. Okay, true. but and I, and I grant you that the Elder is by no means as beloved as Destroyer. Needless to say, in but, my heart, it is. Right, right. Well, sure. But but then you know, moving forward, do you think if they re 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 release the Kiss records, they're going to release the old original version of the Elder or just the one that came out in '97? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think don't know. Depend on how successful the last remaster. Yeah. If, if this one is super successful and they feel like, wow, they can totally go deeper into our pockets for more stuff, you know, they'll they'll probably go back to every every album. Yeah. Well, remember well, when you had so. the uh, the originals and then it was replaced by the new originals. Remember that? That's right. That's Little right. Spinal Tap thing there. The hairiest of, among us, Mr. Matthew Porter, <laughs> uh, recently got to see. The tour. The tour. So we're going to quit yakking and ask Matt pertinent questions, if there are such things, as we go on. But Matt, take it away. You set the scene. Where were you? Tell us how you got there. Everything about the merchandise and so on and so forth. Start yammering. Fantastic. Well, I will say that the tour was exactly what they said it was going to be. And it is a co-headlining tour between two of the greatest rock bands and it really is a non-stop party it's you know and obviously i say between two great co-headlining bands there is an opening band called the treatment which um they you know what they sounded great coming through the wall while i was munched down on a corn dog and some uh french fries it took us five hours to get there by the time we got there and i say we because i went with my good friends bob brodsky and felix kukuro who told us how to say his last name on the way down it's not joe carcioni he's the only one he and bob are the only ones going to get that joke but the uh it took forever to get there you know you got to drive through dc and all that so we heard the first band through the walls of the Jiffy Lube Live Center, and yes, the Lube Live Center, a great place to get fired up for a concert. <laughs> Whatever happened to the day of, like, you know, the, the Richfield Coliseum or the LA right. Forum. Now it's the Cotex Dome. I just, it just <laughs> we have We have the Sleep Train <gasps> Pavilion up here. The what? Sleep Train 
pavilion, like for this, you know, mattress company or bed company. Oh, yeah, yeah because thing. because when you see an exciting rock show, you want to go there and take yeah, a sleep. Nap. Yeah. Not as bad as the KFC Yum Center. Are you serious? That's got to yeah. be the greatest name, the Yum Center. He's <laughs> just playing there, the KFC Yum Center. Oh. Holy hell. Yeah. So wow. so it's the Jiffy Lube, Jiffy Lube Live in... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> These names are killing me. Wait a second. That one about the sleep center? What, what was sleep, it? The sleep train pavilion. Well, see, maybe they're just like aiming it since all the bands, all the classic bands are getting older and as is their demographic, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe they're pushing, you know. The Geritol Arena. Yeah, that'll be next, you know. Right. <laughs> the the uh, Depends Adult Diaper. <laughs> <laughs> It was at the Jiffy Lube Live Center, Bristow, Virginia. We we got down there, and it was the treatment is the opening band. There are a bunch of young guys. I would buy their CD. I, I I haven't found it yet, but uh I would get it. They sounded good. It's hook-oriented kind of rock. They were good. But really, it is. It's a co-headlining tour with Motley Crue and Kiss. That's what everybody's there for. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my very unscientific, scientific poll, it's it looked to me to be about 10 to 2 in favor of Kiss t-shirts over Motley Crue t-shirts. So it was definitely, it's a Kiss crowd. You know, yes, there's a couple Motley fans but uh but it's a kiss show it really it that's what they're going for it's a party and i mean it's funny that we let off this discussion talking about the remix version of destroyer because in a lot of ways it could be it could be just promoting that because i mean they did a bunch of songs off obviously destroyer there's they only did the one song hell or hallelujah off a of monster and both bands really did <coughs> essentially greatest hits shows you know, I mean, Motley Crue, the, really, other than they led off with Saints of Los Angeles and they did their new song, which is called Sex, but really they did early, like pretty much your middle range Motley Crue, all the stuff off Shout of the Devil and Theater of Pain and, you know, uh, Dr. Feelgood, stuff like that, Girls, Girls, Girls album. They really didn't venture into any of the stuff off Generation Swine or, or, um, but, but uh, then again, that would be tattoo. like just getting in, doing, uh, carnivals. And- yeah, and I think that's I think that's kind of it. That's the vibe is that they're going for a greatest hits kind of feeling. Both, if you look at the set list, yes, the set list is shorter. A lot of people have been complaining, wow, it's shorter. But but they they did what they said was when it was true like a co-headline. There's not like Motley Crue is the opener. They have a huge stage. They they really they take a little too much time for me. They took too much time to get on stage. They have these kind of cloaked. Um, yeah, I was you know, going to ask about this. People are saying that there's a procession before Motley, as Motley Crue comes out one by you one. You know what? I hate to say it, that in a lot of ways, I mean, people were really psyched. And when they started playing, it was cool. But it, it, it almost borders on Spinal Tap because you have these robed figures. And I right away thought of the Druids leading you know, Spinal Tap to the stage right. where they go. They walked all around through the crowd and they're playing this kind of evil music. And it almost, it, 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 it's, it they try and have this religious overtone to it as if, and obviously they launch the Saints of Los Angeles that maybe they're trying to shout at the devil that would have been cooler it it felt like you know how like when you'd see these kids in high school and they would draw like the pentagram on their book and oh we're evil Mm -hmm. it kind of has that forced evil feel like here's these kind of creature you know creatures I don't know like they're like like I said kind of like the druids of Spinal Tap if if they weren't doing a shorter show it It was kind of cool but yeah, but it's like, come on already, you know, let's get to it, you know, and, and the Molly Crew, to their credit, brought out a huge show. They have a really kind of cool, like, it looks like they're on some kind of, like, rooftop with these 
fans on it. Tommy Lee's drum kit has that huge circular drum set where, you know, he spins all the way around. But it took them forever to get going. It's like, come on, let's go, let's go. There was a group of them that walked up the one ramp, around through the back, and then down the side, and they had, like, fire extinguishers. They're blowing, like, blasts of you know, this fire extinguisher kind of smoke up into the air. We couldn't really get a look at them until they appeared as they ran up on stage. I don't think they were in the robes. I think they came up from the side of the stage. I mean, you couldn't see it from where we were. I was about 20 rows back in the center, and you couldn't really see what was, you know, where they came from, but then they came running up on stage, and they go into Saints of Los Angeles. Like, see that to me? Yeah, I think if they had done Shout at the Devil, just play that, you know, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. They could play that. And they just come out and let's get started. Because, I mean, really, the rest of their set, it's, like I said, I'll say it again, but it was the greatest hits, and it stuck to the absolute party rock hits of Motley Crue. I mean, you're, you're doing all that Shout of the Devil and Wild Side and Same Old Situation. I mean, obviously, Looks at Kill, you know, you couldn't, you, it's, they're, they have, they're the same as Kiss. They have so many songs that are kind of their staples. I mean, really, the only one who kind of, um, got away from that a little bit was Tommy Lee and as much as Tommy Lee has riled up fans with his whole rant about not wanting photos or anything I'll tell you what he's an entertaining guy still and the drum solo he's riding all around in a circle it's the most rock and roller coaster ride you're ever going to see he's playing all kind of samples and it, it sounds like something that could easily be at like a rave or it's all that almost that kind of uh, I like I don't, I'm, or something. yeah I'm old it's dubstep or whatever yeah. you want to call it it's, and, yeah and I heard he played Skrillex you know what and that's I mean, who would know? I mean, Skrillex might, when my washing machine didn't work right, that's what it sounded what the like. Hell it was is making, you know, it's, you know, one of those DJ kind of, I mean, he makes a lot more money every year than I do, but boy, I can't stand that kind of music. But the, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, that techno-y kind of, for lack of a better word. You know, I'm old, I don't listen to that stuff. But the, uh, you know, it really comes down to, uh, they stuck to their, their hits. You know, it's Kickstart My Heart and Girls, Girls, Girls. I thought they sounded great. Nicky had, I thought it was cool. He had the, the stripes drawn under his eyes, just like, you know, the early Motley Crue. And, you know, they do Home Sweet Home. There's a huge silver mirrored piano, and, and Tommy Lee leads that off. And they, they really, they seem to be having a great time, um, which... I, I thought, you know, it really, it's to their credit, one of the very few bands that I've ever seen open for Kiss that I actually was kind of glad that they were playing. Usually, you know, you're looking at your watch going, okay, how, how long till Kiss? You know, but, but they were really good. It was entertaining. I've seen Motley a bunch of times, but, you know, I thought it was probably one of the best times I've seen them. It was just they, they were tight and they were kind of racing through their set. And uh, it really is, they are, you know, a fun band. If you're a Motley Crue fan, I think you'll be happier than again. The Motley Crue, and we're going to talk about this with kiss but if you're a really diehard motley fan you're going where's you know uh the old stuff or where's this or where's that or how come they don't do toast of the town i'd love to hear that you know it'd be like it's the same thing is that really you know with the kiss show there's certain songs that they're going to do and that you'd be surprised if they weren't in the set and they brought the whole show they have these uh background dancers who who pretty much change into a different sexy outfit for every song uh there's stilt walkers there's the wire you know flyers these girls going up and down on wires um nikki has a bass that shoots flames like it looks like a bunsen burner out of the end of it i mean it was great and they really brought the big show too so i, I think when they when they told us it would be a co-headlining tour it really is i think they they got a big stage the only thing i'm going to warn you right now 
for anybody that's going. If you're in the first 20 rows on either the left or the right of the stage, they have water cannons and they will soak you. If you see their crew running for the side of the stage where there's there's these water cannons, the crew is dressed in bright red outfits. They get they jump onto these cannons and they spray the crowd for like entire song it's i mean you saw people leaving afterwards just soaked which i, I was lucky that. i i was in the middle so i didn't really it, they weren't they're not quite powerful enough to make it to the middle but afterwards you saw people just drenched and i thought all the people with their cell phone cameras held up or their cameras or whatever yeah. or if your you tour book if, you know what i didn't see any tour books and this was a, this was something i was going to talk about was i didn't see tour books a lot of shirts um, things like that. But yeah, if you brought anything with you, even if you're, you know, you're sitting there holding something that you just, you don't want to get wet. Maybe you did your makeup or whatever. You'll be soaked. I'm not going to lie. You know, and it's funny because, uh, that was the first thing I thought. I saw a couple of people that were just like, I mean, look like they just came, came walking out of the pool. To me, that's and, uh, a shitty thing to do to your fans. I really it, think so. I agree. Seriously. And, you know, last tour, a friend of mine had posted it on my page, wrote that last time they threw fake blood and, and they were all covered in this, like, you know, pink ink afterwards. I don't get that. Like, I mean, like, I mean, I could see if it was the middle of the summer and it was during the heat wave, but it wasn't. It was kind of raining on the night that I saw them, and it was. Uh, it wasn't really that super stinking hot that I would have really appreciated getting soaked. Plus, the fact it was actually kind of fun to watch, but people weren't ready for it, and you'd see them turn like, "What the hell?" Like, you know, like, <laughs> "Where'd that come from?" You know, and uh, I mean, I got a beer spilled on my feet, beer spilled, but you know, hey, you know, what are you gonna do? I would understand if it was like, you know just a little bit of like a little sprinkler or whatever that was splashy for a few seconds but through whole songs like that's ridiculous screw that Thumbs these up. are this is somebody with a hose spraying it back and forth you know <laughs> for for a full song i'm now, pretty sure it was during now, when you say a hose is, is it like one of those gatling gun hoses or is it like just a fireman's hose it it is made to look like a uh like a water cannon like they're okay. in like what All looks right. like a turret and they're going back and forth in the turret so basically you're playing uh wipe out it's, it's kind of like a wipeout cannon i mean That's... i mean they're not they're not hitting him with the hose and yelling it's a madhouse <laughs> you know if you get that but the uh but it's it's definitely a lot of water being sprayed on those people so if you would like to get wet hey you're gonna love that but if you will if you're up close and you don't feel like getting soaked in the motley crew uh show be careful i i warned you i told you that first so well for all the people listening right now saying hey uh, dudes this isn't like a crew cast we're gonna stop that nonsense and we're gonna listen to this fine public service announcement hi everybody this is lisa jane persky dirty d from kiss meets the phantom at the park and i'd like to say hi to everyone around the world in Australia, in Japan, in Malmo. Is anyone in Malmo? Um, and uh, I hope everybody's happy to listen to Podkist. Okay, and we are back. Mr. Porter, continue on telling us about the tour. Well, and so that was Motley Crue was, was wrapping it up. And if anything, and this is the one thing we'll talk a little bit about with this, they need to, and I don't know if they've addressed this, but they need to speed up the transition between bands. It yeah, seemed I've, to I've take heard a while. You know, we were waiting, and then obviously the one thing that everybody was talking about, the KISS set, yeah, it's shorter. It's shorter than what we're used to, and it's shorter than you'd want. Yes, it's a co-headlining thing, but I think they got to get that stage torn down quicker. they got to get KISS on and, and let them play longer. I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, and obviously... Kiss, like I said, with Motley Crue, it's the same thing. There's certain songs you just know they're going to play. 
that you, you know they're going to do I Love It, you know, or I, they did I Love It Loud. I was glad to hear that. But you know they're going to do Love Gun. You know they're going to do Rock and Roll Night. You know, the, um, I was glad God, uh, God of Thunder was back in as the Blood song. To me, that's really, you know, have we heard all this stuff before? Sure. But it's still my favorite part of the thing.
I got to know about the new Gene Simmons flying effect because he he's the man. You know, he's that's the reason I got into Kiss right there. So all eyes are going to be on him, and I want to know what happens when he flies up to the rafters. At least it didn't come out as butt this time. Anyway. <laughs> Here's a spoiler alert, but you probably have seen the pictures online. When Gene goes flying up into the rafters, they have these sparklers, kind of like it looks like, you know, he's got like rocket ship boots on, and there's these sparks flying out of his boot. Now, somewhere, I know, there's a tribute band trying to, you know, somehow attach explosives to their boot. Don't do it, friends. <laughs> it's, you know. Hey, guys, this is John from Seether, and you're listening to the coolest podcast on the Internet, Podkissed for everything, all things Kiss. What about the new stage? It looked awesome from all the videos and pictures I saw. I thought the costumes looked really good. I mean, obviously by now, if you don't want the spoilers, you probably had to turn off your Internet. But they, they open with Detroit Rock City, and people, there's a lot of people going to say, hey, you know what, it's Detroit Rock City. I've heard it a million times. But you know what? If Hearing them do Detroit Rock City while they come lowering down from the rafters on that platform, if that doesn't get you pumped up, you know, maybe it's time for a new band for you because it was fantastic and the place was going berserk. And it was and kind of like the animalized entrance, right? It looked like that same kind of thing where they're coming down from the roof Only on that a lot platform. Of pyro on it. Tons of pyro, tons of like, you know, different lighting effects. I really like the stage. I think they, they did a lot with, I mean, obviously, again, you've seen the pictures. The stage, there's a screen behind the stage that goes from the behind the drum kit well into the rafters. There's no doubt that you can see that stage from the moon. It's enormous. And when it comes down to it, you know, it really is, I, I've been saying this, look, it's a party for everybody. Because if you're on the, I don't care if you're out on the lawn seats, you're going to be able to see everything. You, you can count the guitar strings. These these screens are massive. They do look and insanely huge. It's huge. I mean, and the stage itself has a really kind of a sleek look. I thought, you know, and obviously people are going to take away what they want, but it has a very, I think, a very good combination of a lot of eras of Kiss. I mean, it's got that kind of. For how many tours have they had some kind of risers on the side that they can run up and down? And obviously everybody thinks of the the light-up steps that you can run up and down. These are now steps that they can walk up and down that are covered with lights that change. And I think it was fantastic. You know, really if they had added in the big gun turret, it, it wouldn't have looked that different from that tour. Uh, I think it, it adds a lot of different elements. I was really pleased with it. I think a lot of people that, you know, how come we never see anything new? How come we any, never see anything new? It's new. It's neat. I, I think they did, they did a really sleek looking stage. It's clean. Um, it, I think it, it looks very modern and, uh, you know, I think it really goes along with what they're doing. The, uh, yeah, the set list is stuff you've all heard. I mean, anybody that's listening to this podcast, Clearly, you're fan enough that you know every song. There's nothing that will surprise you. And, uh, I mean, if anything, okay, yeah, I would I would eliminate Shock Me being sung by Tommy Thayer. Just because that is clearly Ace's signature song. They could have done something else. Um, in the shortened set, I might even eliminate that whole where whole part where Tommy is shooting the, you know, the blasts up into the... Give us another song. You know, but the... Uh, but it was fantastic. I mean, Black Diamond, Lick It Up, I and mean, even, you know, War Machines back in there. I thought it was fantastic. So it's, uh, Paul did the, uh, the Love Gun flying bit like four songs into it. And I think that really kind of surprised everybody because you're used to that by about, you know, middle to the end of the show. 
that's another thing they could probably cut out when they do that whole bit where he has the VU meter up behind him. And, okay, everybody, you got to scream my name, and the VU meter kind of goes up, and I'm now it's not quite there. all the way. And, yeah. and then, yeah, I'm going to come out there, and, oh, wait, now you're loud enough. It's like, come on, we were loud enough. It's We were loud enough right from the start. It was the opening night. Everybody's here is totally jacked up. Just, you know, fly out. So it was, uh, I think they could they could trim some of that stuff out just for the fact that, yes, it's a little bit of a shorter show. If you're looking for something new, you know, if, you're, if your life is not going to be complete unless they're going to do the oath on the tour or, you know, Dark Light or, or uh, you know, Shandy. I mean, they, they didn't do anything that you would really go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they did that. Uh, it's, you know, some people are going to complain, well, it's the same song we've heard, we've heard. But, yeah, they're all good. They have a catalog that just... That but you also got songs. to hear Hell or Hallelujah, brand new song. Before Hell or Hallelujah came out. Yeah. And it sounded great mixed in with the other th- songs. I thought, I said mixed in with the other thongs. What tour is that? It's <laughs> girls, girls, girls. But the, uh, you know, it really, uh, it, I think it sounds great mixed into the set. And I think if it's any indication of what the new album will sound like, I think they're off to a great start. So. And some people were complaining about, uh, there being no actual prominent KISS logo. Can you tell us what your thoughts are on that? Well, see, that to me is was crazy because, the the like I said, the screen is huge. So they project the logo right up on the screen, but now instead of just sitting there and blinking on and off, it can fly around and it can spin up and down and then it can be replaced by huge pictures. So the, the logo is very much a part of the show, but it's 2012. You don't need a big metal structure filled with lights. You can have an animated version. Believe me, it looks phenomenal. You know, and, and if you look, I mean, obviously there's a bunch of pictures of it. There are songs where that feature that logo. I think by the second song, by the time they they were in the Shout It Out Loud, they have the logo on there for most of the song. You're not going to miss the logo. Eric's drums, actually, the drum, his bass drums have light up logo, like light up logo in the bass drum, light up ones. Yeah. So they're on the whole time. Believe me, anybody that's worried that they're not going to see the KISS logo, have no fear. It's, it's going to be burned into your eyes, and it's going to be bigger than any logo they've had since, you know, Asylum Tour when it was that big. It's huge, animated, and beautiful. And, and so don't worry, you're not going to miss the logo. Even though I haven't seen the show, so I can't really say, but I always love the concept. I, I mean, when I saw KISS, that's how it was. Uh, so I guess I have seen it. I, I just really like the concept of Eric being on top of a huge metal logo. I just think it looks better that way, but I'll have to wait until I see them live. Well, but that was never the way they had it in the, in the 70s. It was always up behind Peter. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. And, well, and, except, except now some, you know, geeks among us, all of us, uh, there's uh, the time that it was on the side of the stage. Remember those? Yeah, so in 1974, when it was, yes. when they were playing places too small, Okay, we'll go with that. But, but, but Matt, but you have to understand that there's someone out there screaming at their iPod or well, and I think whatever, that's that's exactly. And of course, those and those are the people that we love the most. I mean, obviously, the people with that kind of uh, knowledge of what's really has happened. I mean, to me, I'll give you another example. Hot in the Shade tour, they the logo wasn't even present. They had the Sphinx behind them. But then, mm-hmm. one of the greatest moments of that show, and I'm not look. I was, I'm a old man now, but I'm not gonna lie. I remember going ballistic when they start doing I Want You, and when it kicks into the heavy part of the start of I Want You, it comes rising up from behind the stage, and 
I think that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen now. I'm easily amused, but it was tremendous. So they, they have done things different with the, with the logo before. In a way, these last couple tours where it's been in front of the drum risers was really kind of a change. So it's, to me, it's always behind the drums. Look, it's all spoiler alerts here, but I mean, when the drums go up the very end, it's the return of Peter Chris's cats, the the cats yeah. that you're used to on the Kiss Alive two gatefold. Yeah, they're back the inside there. Yeah. And people are going to say, "Oh, well, those are Peters, and you shouldn't use them." You know what? If anything else, it's a really great tribute to the fact that that we all know where those come from. Um, you know, I think anybody that wants to argue the whole makeup thing, that debate's going to always continue. It's a great tip of the hat to the legacy of of Peter Chris. I mean, when you see those cats. As a long, long, long time fan, I'll tell you, I, I really went crazy. I thought that was kind of a very nice addition back into the set. You know, just visually, it's, it's very exciting. So I really don't think, you know, and when you see it, I don't think you're going to say, oh, gee, I think the logo should have been there the whole time as yeah. a huge big metal object. You're going to like this, the, the show. I think it really, it doesn't lose anything. If anything, it updates it. And that's the funniest thing. So many people, they want to change, they want to change, they want to change. And then when they change it's something, they change have yeah, And then, oh, I don't like that. I want it the other way, which is different yeah. than the way it originally was. And you go, well, but see, in 1974, it was on the side of the stage. You know, I, oh, well, then. <laughs> Someone, somewhere, is needing to hear from you. Someone needing to know that you care. Care enough to give the gift of podcast. Tell a friend about podcast today. Download us on iTunes, friend us on Facebook, and rock your ass out. Podcast. I mean, granted, if, you know, I think if they did a tour where they came out and played every obscure thing, I would have liked to heard a lot of different stuff. You know, I, I, you know, they had even played like some of the different songs, I think Making Love they did in London. Like, I love that song. Would it be great if that was back in there? Sure. I gotta say, I was kinda glad they had dropped Beth. Now, did they drop Beth because they ran out of time when I saw him in Virginia? Or that's just out of the set? That's Peter's song. And you know what? Peter's the only one who should be singing that. I never liked it when Eric Carr sang it. I don't like it when, when Eric Singer does it. It's Peter's signature song. Give him something else to sing. So I didn't miss that that was gone. You know, that it was, it was, if they're going to take something out, I thought that was a good choice. But the, uh, it really is, like I said, and I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up with, it's, it's a greatest hits tour, a co-headlining tour of two of the most fun party rocking bands that you could possibly put together. And it was a blast. I think it really it's for everybody that wants to just go out and have a good time. They're not going to reinvent the wheel or kiss on this tour, but it was definitely a blast. It sounds like it was awesome, and it must have been a very interesting experience for you because unlike all of us that are seeing shows after you, you got to see the full experience. I mean, unless you watched videos from the military show that they did, which you probably did, um... I it was like a fresh experience. I tried to avoid them that day. The hardest thing about the day of the show was going on the Internet first thing in the morning and realizing there were those clips. And I really tried not to look. I, I had to finally shut Facebook off because I didn't want to see any of those pictures. I wanted it somewhat fresh. And like I said, I've said it a couple times kind of as a joke, but as a spoiler alert. You know what? There, it's 
there's some nice changes. And, you know, those of you that are going to see the tour, I'm going to see them again in September when they come to Holmdel and they come to Camden. It'll be, you know, the same thing. And I'll have seen it and a lot of, but I would really try and say a lot of, a lot of it is just, it's something different. But if you really want to hear great kiss tunes, hang out with all your friends, go crazy. It's, it's a fun night. No doubt about it. You know, if anything, it really could, like I said, it could be a promo tour for the De- Destroyer re-release. I mean, it's going to yeah. get you pumped up for the fact that, you know, by August we're going to have that. Uh, I really, I, I wish that they would just get Monster released already. I mean, obviously, you know, it would probably help the fact that everybody's so excited right now for the tour. Uh, there was... I think that's the fun part. You know, you get to see a lot of just KISS fans. It's a place where obviously the, the people that want to complain can stay online and, and rant and rave. They're not at the show. That's fine. It's a party. And, I mean, we were having a great yeah. time, and there's tons of people that are all there for the same reason, which is to rock and roll all night and party every day. And, hey, I'm allowed out once every year, so that was pretty good. It was a good time. Uh, an, an, another spoiler alert, and I don't know if this has been addressed, but Kiss is a band that wear uh, makeup, and they you know what? rock and roll music. Just I'm they just had that they had makeup they had makeup on, and one of them had a star on his eye. If you're, you're going to be surprised spoiler by alert. that, <laughs> spoiler alert. You know what, that's, it's funny that we would say that, but that really is one of the things that's nice. I mean, yeah, the debate over who should wear the makeup and this and that and the other, that will never go away until it's gone. And then it's going to be gone. And there's, there's people who are, who really sit there and crab, well, oh, it's half of a tribute band and blah, blah, blah. Then stay home. It's easy because you know what? Everybody that's there that night was having a really good time. So anybody that wants to sit home and crab on their computer about they don't like the set list and this and that and the other, nobody's going to miss you if you don't come to the show. That means I get better seats. <laughs> so, Matt, tell us how you really feel. Anyway, um, <laughs> Matt, it sounds like it was an awesome show, and thank you so much for giving us the scoop. Yes,
to slow down. No, just in case you didn't know it, all the music you hear on this stage is made by the people on this stage. We are a rock and roll band, and we are proud of it. So, so basically, anyone seeing this show or seeing Kiss for the first time, they're going to get the e-ticket Kiss show. This is this is the Kiss experience. You know what? That's I think a, a really kind of good way of putting it. If if you were a, a kid for the first time and this was your first Kiss show, it's going to blow you out of your seat. Uh, I had to laugh because directly behind me, and and I have a picture of it. There was it looked like a mom and a dad with two very young kids who were wearing kiss army ear you know big safety ear paw you know muff kind of things right two kids i mean they were out like a light the the one little boy he was sound asleep during motley crew i turned and looked back i'll tell you i was laughing like crazy because this kid was literally slung over his mom's shoulder and he was sound asleep can you imagine it? i i would guess the kid was probably only about three or four years old. Wow. And if, I would have to laugh because, I mean, like literally someday, Cassius, think of this, he'll be your age going, my first Kiss concert was, you know, 2012. I don't remember a damn thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was, it was the kind of thing, I mean, really, if you're a first-time fan, you're going to be blown away. If you're a long-time fan, yes, they're not going to do anything that's going to surprise you. But really, when's the last time they surprised you? Could they do anything that would surprise you? Uh, you know, I mean, at if this you did, point, you know, would you like it? Right? If would you, you like it? You know, when he goes to Spitfire, when he goes to Spit Blood, God bless him. Gene Simmons knows that's what we want. If if all of a sudden, well, I'm not going to do the fire breathing thing anymore. I'm going to, you know, blow a bubble or something. You'd be like, what the hell's that? So it's, it's it really is. I think if you go into it thinking about that, if you think of it as the monster tour, it's not that. It's a greatest hits tour. And uh, and I would just tell everybody that's going to go, if you're still a fan and you're one of the people that wants to see that, great. If you really think they're going to do uh, you know, music from the elder, you're not going to get it. So, I, I think the KISS has an unusual challenge every time that they try to do a, a new show because... Uh, you know, you're going to have the computer uh, quarterbacks, you know, the Internet quarterbacks on their Internet typewriters, as Gene once said. And, and they're going to second-guess everything KISS does, and that's fine. It's, it's good discussion. You know, that's what we're doing here, as a matter of fact. But, uh, like, I don't want KISS to get, like, too slipknotty or too gore or too, uh, you know, like, 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 for example, during God of Thunder, if, if, the, the, entire, if, if the entire stage dripped blood. That would like be too much, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, kind of like Slayer. You know how they were literally bathed in blood. That would like be too much. But there's someone out there saying they should do stuff like that. But you know, <laughs> you know there's I, somebody they, out there saying something. But like, it's, but it's, it, it could dangerously be a Mr. Morse, Thank itself. you for joining. I think us, they uh, keep it. The it's very clean. Uh, like it's a very like what would you like to plug sir? kind of thing. There's no, there's like everything that's extra kind of happens up on the big screens. They do all the gimmicks out front that you expect. Like I said, these are coming up with two big new episodes. One is going to be with my friend and fellow Kiss thing. You know, Justin Sanford, aka any random guy. Thirteen is going to be on the show. Really good. And also. 
thing. a few episodes and down the road, we're going to have an interview with, with a young to. drummer, Alexi Popletz. She plays a lot of Kiss on YouTube, and it'll be really interesting. She's only eight years old, and she loves Kiss. why I keep going back. It's familiar, and I love it. I've always loved it. So if they made huge changes and said, well, no, I'm not going to be firing anymore. No, I'm not going to do the blood thing. Creaturesofthenet.webs.com. I'm glad that they do it. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Ken. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at KissFAQ.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late, great Eric Carr, and the late, great Mark St. John. You are Kiss. And we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkiss crew, thank you for listening to Podkiss, the KISS fanzine for your ears. Jim Codpiece lights up and it says... Uh, Jew penis. No, um, no I'm How would you say? I'm it's it's says, it says Jiffy Lube Live. That's going to be at the end of the show. Cassius, why would you even say that? That's yes, crazy. that's so <laughs> offensive. Um, I, and I'm allowed to make that joke because I was raised Jewish. Um, <laughs> Hebrew school dropout. Um, so, uh,